Chapter six of Ruth Fielding at Briarwood Hall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Ruth Fielding at Briarwood Hall or Solving the Campus Mystery by Alice B. Emerson. Chapter six The Entering Wedge. Since Ruth Fielding had first met Helen Cameron, and that was on the very day the former had come to the Red Mill, the two girls had never had a cross word or really differed much on any subject. Ruth was the more yielding of the two, perhaps, and it might be that that was why Helen seemed so to expect her to yield now. Of course, Ruthie, we can't disappoint Miss Cox, she said with finality, and after she was so kind to us too. "'Are you sure she did all that out of simple kindness, Helen?' asked the girl from the Red Mill, slowly. "'Why? What do you mean?' "'Aunt Alviry says one should never look a gift horse in the mouth,' laughed Ruth. "'What do you mean?' demanded her chum. "'Why, Helen, doesn't it seem to you that Mary Cox came out deliberately to meet us, and for the purpose of making us feel under obligation to her?' "'For pity's sake, what for?' so that we would feel just as you do that we ought if possible to attend the meeting of her society i declare ruth fielding how suspicious you have become all of a sudden ruth still laughed but she said too that is the way it has struck me helen and i wondered if you did not see her attention in the same light also why she hasn't asked us to join the upedes said helen i know and neither has miss steele "'You seem to have taken a great fancy to that Madge Steele,' interrupted Helen sharply. "'I think she is nice-looking, and she was very polite,' said Ruth quietly. "'Well, I don't care,' cried Helen. "'Miss Cox has shown us much more kindness, and I promised for us, Ruth. "'I said we'd attend her club this evening.' "'Well,' said her chum slowly, "'it does look as though we would have to go with Miss Cox, then. "'We'll tell Miss Steele.' "'I believe your head has been turned by that Madge Steele because she's a senior,' declared Helen, laughing, yet not at all pleased with her friend. "'And the F.C.'s are probably a fussy crowd. All the teachers belonging to the club, too. I'd rather belong to the Upedes, a real girls' club, without any of the teachers to boss it.' Ruth laughed again, but there was no sting in what she said. "'I guess you've made up your mind already that the up-and-doing club is the one Helen Cameron wants to join.' "'And the one Ruth Fielding must join, too,' declared Helen, in her old winning way, slipping her arm through Ruth's arm. "'We mustn't go separate ways, Ruthie.' "'Oh, Helen,' cried Ruth, "'don't talk like that. Of course we will not, but let us be careful about our friendships here.' "'What do you mean?' "'I mean,' said Ruth, smiling, "'that we must be careful about joining any crowd of girls until we know just how things are.' "'Well,' said helen dropping her arm and walking to the other end of the room for no reason whatsoever for she walked back again in a moment i don't see why you are so suspicious of mary cox i don't know that i am laughed ruth but we have no means of comparison yet a mellow bell began to ring from some other building probably in the tower of the main building of briarwood hall there ejaculated helen in some relief that must be to announce supper are you ready helen asked ruth yes then let's go there was a card on which were printed several simple rules of conduct tacked to the door the chums had read them 
one was that rooms should be left unlocked in the absence of the occupants and ruth and helen went out into the corridor leaving their door open there were other girls in the passage then all moving toward the stairway some of them nodded kindly to the infants others only stared ruth saw miss steele in advance and whispered to helen come dear let us speak to her and tell her we cannot accept her invitation for this evening but helen held back you can tell her if you like she said rather sullenly but let us be nice about it urged ruth i'll tell her we overlooked the fact that we were already engaged for the meeting of the up and doing club i'll explain helen suddenly seized her chum's arm more tightly you are a good little thing ruthie she declared come on they hurried after the senior and caught up with her at the foot of the stairs she was not alone but ruth touched her arm and asked to speak with her what's the matter infants demanded the senior but smiling at them helen flushed at the expression but ruth was too earnest in her attention to smooth over the difficulty to notice so small a thing oh miss steele she said i am sorry to beg off from the kind invitation you gave us we cannot go with you this evening it seems that it was already understood with miss cox that we should go with her oh exclaimed madge steele a little stiffly are you already pledged then yes we are pledged to attend the meeting of the up and doing club this evening it was very kind of miss cox to invite us said ruth calmly and it was kind of you to invite us to the fc's too but we cannot attend both meetings not in one evening madge steele was looking at her earnestly and found that ruth neither dropped her gaze nor appeared confused by her scrutiny helen was the one who seemed confused it is not our usage to interfere with those who are pledged to other school clubs said miss steele speaking distinctly i understand then that you are not pledged only to attend this meeting as visitors of miss cox said ruth simply very well then said madge steele her pleasant face breaking into a smile again i shall hope to see you at some future meeting of the forward club here we are on the campus it is cool and shady here even in the hottest weather we think it is a decidedly pleasant place she walked beside them conversing pleasantly helen recovered her good temper and ventured a remark about the fountain which graced the centre of the campus it was a huge marble figure of a sitting female in graceful draperies and with a harp or lyre on the figure's knee the clear water bubbled out all around the pedestal and the statue and bowl were sunk a little below the level of the greensward like a small italian garden what is that figure supposed to represent miss steele asked helen you are allowed three guesses and then you won't know laughed the senior you can see by the stains and moss on it that the fountain has been there a great many years long before briarwood hall was a school but it is supposed to represent either poesy or harmony nobody knows not even mrs tellingham the bell stopped tolling with three sharp jerky taps madge steele quickened her pace along the path and the newcomers followed her other girls were pouring into the building nearest to the main structure of briarwood a broad stairway led up to assembly rooms and out of the lower hall opened a large dining-room in which were ten or twelve long tables and at which the girls were already being seated by some sort of system i don't know where you will be seated said madge steele hastily i am at the second senior table here comes miss Pickerley. she will attend to you infants oh it's the little french teacher said helen ruth met the lady with a smile miss Pickerley nodded at them both and put out her tiny hand she really was no taller than helen 
"'I am glad, young ladies, to see you in such good company. "'Miss Steele is well worth cultivating,' she said. "'Come this way. You will be seated in the junior division. "'It is probable that you will be placed in that grade permanently. "'Mrs. Tellingham will see you in her office in the next building immediately after supper.' "'Ruth and Helen followed the doll-like teacher to their seats. "'The girl whom Mary Cox had called Heavy, and indeed it was a most appropriate name, "'was already seated, and was right at Ruth's elbow.' "'Oh, I do hope they'll be seated soon,' Ruth heard the over-plump girl murmur. "'This is cup-custard night, and I'm so hungry.' The tables were laid nicely. There were several waitresses, and besides Miss Piccolet there were at least four other ladies whom Ruth knew must be teachers. The hall was by no means filled. There were not more than a hundred and fifty girls present. The door at the far end opened, and a handsome, white-haired, pink-cheeked lady entered. She mounted a slightly raised platform and stood for a moment overlooking the room. "'It's Mrs. Tellingham,' whispered the fat girl to Ruth, seeing the question in the latter's face. The preceptress was a really handsome lady, perhaps forty-five, perhaps ten years older. Her perfectly white hair, thick and well arranged, seemed to have been the result of something besides age. Her face was quite free from any age marks. There was a kind look in her eyes, a humorous expression about her mouth. Helen leaned toward Ruth and whispered, "'I know I shall just love her, Ruth, don't you?' "'And you won't be alone in that, infant,' said the girl on Helen's other hand. "'Now!' Mrs. Hellingham raised her hand. The school arose and stood quietly while she said grace. Another motion of the hand, and they sat down again. The bustle of supper then began, with the girls talking and laughing the waitresses serving a plain hot meal, and everybody in apparent good nature, and happy. Ruth could scarcely pay attention to the food, however. She was so much more interested in those who were to be her schoolfellows. End of chapter 6